Welcome to the Electrician's Cop. I'm your host, Jamie Small. And I'm Rob Brass. Today on the show, we've got Cassie Gertler from Starlit Electrics. Cassie was a latecomer to the electrical industry, completing her apprenticeship at the age of 30. Cassie has recently kicked off her own business, and she's here today to share a little of her journey with us. As you know, everyone starts somewhere, and we wanted to share Cassie's story with you for some inspiration, some motivation, and to prove to you that if you want something bad enough, then it can be done, and you can make it happen faster than you think possible. Let's get started. G'day, Rob. How are you? G'day, Jamie. Really well, man. Uh, it feels good to be getting back into the groove of doing a bit of podcasting. Yeah, what about mate, yourself? We're on a bit of a roll. Yeah, work's back. We had a bit of a quiet week last week, so it allowed me to hustle a little bit, and we're back on track now. So all the boys are back from a couple of days' annual leave last week, and everyone's pumping again, so it's good. Nice one. You get a bit of downtime over the weekend with the family? Yeah, mate. I, uh, I got a few things to do at home, and I forced myself to sort of watch a few movies. It was really windy where I live, live and a little rainy, so we sort of spent a bit of time inside with the family, which was good. And um, yeah, it was nice, relaxing weekend and supercharged for this week. How about you, Rob? Yeah, man. Same, same. Pretty, uh, pretty chill. Did a little bit of work on the weekend on the crypto cartel stuff, and there's always something happening in the world of crypto for me, so keeps me busy and it's fun. But uh, pretty, pretty excited with the small announcement that we've got here on the podcast today, which is we're going to be dialing back the paid version of the podcast and amalgamating it all into the free version of the podcast. So in the next couple of weeks, ladies and gentlemen, you can expect to see a whole lot more episodes coming your way. So Jamie and I are really excited to have made that decision. We think we can reach more people with the free version of the show than we can with the paid one. How do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, uh, the idea of what we're doing is to help as many people as possible. So putting it all on the um, free version, I think is um, a really good idea. So Good thinking, Rob. It was never about the money. The money was only ever to validate the idea. We validated the idea pretty quickly and got some incredible feedback for some from some really helpful people. But uh, we just get way more traction on the free one. So it makes sense to to shut that down and to move it all into the free version. So that'll happen in the next couple of weeks. So if you're a paid member of the Electricians Co-op, you can expect an email in the next couple of weeks and we'll scale you out of that and tell you all about that. So there's nothing you need to do other than look out for the lots of episodes on the free version. Cassie, welcome to the Electricians Co-op. It's great to have you here. Welcome, Cassie. Thanks for having us. <laughs> no problems at all. I'm really looking forward to doing this show with you. We've done quite a few shows with a, a bunch of people that have finished their apprenticeship and moved into their own business. So looking forward to hearing about your story. But before we get into that story, tell us a little bit about you. Where are you dialing in from the world? Are you down in uh, in South Korea? Well, we're here in North Korea. You're in Victoria, aren't you? Pretty much. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I'm from Melbourne, so just sort of chilling out, um, excited to be out of ISO and, yeah, just working away and enjoying the weather that's designed for a duck, but it's all good. Are you in Melbourne, actual in Melbourne? Yeah, yeah, yeah Melbourne, yeah. So has that affected your business? I know you've recently started your business and it's probably at a bit of a tricky time right in the midst of uh, lockdown. How's it affected you, Cassie? It was mainly the sort of two-week construction lockdown that was the hardest and then sort of, you know, a lot of it could sort of, part of it could continue, you know, as sort of essential work. But, yeah, look, it was pretty slow. Um, but at the same time, I was sort of only starting out as well. So my business has been operating for like five, six months. So it didn't really, you know what I mean? Like for me, it was sort of a little bit up and down a lot anyway. So it didn't sort of 
wasn't too crazy for me. Just another week off, not a big deal. Well, I suppose if you can make it in this climate, you can make it in any climate, can't you? Yeah, well, there you go. That, yeah. that's, that, is, that is absolutely true. Gassy, tell us a little bit about your journey as an electrician. You seem to have got into this a little bit later in life as a mature age apprentice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, look, I was really interested in doing the trade when I was like 18 and, you know, outside influences kind of deterred me from it, you know, saying I wouldn't like it, it was a lot of mass, things like that. And I, Anyways, I continued on and you know, worked in different areas and then I actually went to uni and did a degree and whatnot and I was just like, this is this is horrible. Like, I do not want to work nine to five. Like, and I was just you know, super anxious and just, yeah, bit sad and so I ended up just yeah just well what I did was halfway through my degree I actually started applying for um, an apprenticeship when I was about 23 Um, and I didn't hear back so I kind of just like didn't fight for it too much because I didn't really know you know what it was actually like to be an electrician even if I really wanted it so I kind of just like left it alone went back to uni then after uni um, I made I was like oh, my God, I finished uni great. And then I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to work in an office nine till five. That sounds horrible. And I was super anxious again. Then a mate, um, he's a sparky, he said, oh, look, do you want to come give me a hand for a couple of weeks, roughing in and fitting off my sister's place? So, yeah, I just went off and did that. And, yeah, within two weeks, I was like, yep, yep, this is what I want to do. Um, and went from there and just started applying, actively applying for jobs and got, a, got an apprenticeship. So, I don't know if you know, Cassie, but we used to have a female apprentice for probably about three years. Her name was Jodie Campbell, or is Jodie Campbell. She's off doing her own thing now. Um, In her own business? Uh, I think so. I think she's she's running her own business on the side, but she's working in the mines or in the tunnels or something. And the response we got, like I suppose I spoke to her early on. I said, you know, you need to understand you are in a male-dominated industry. It's, it could be very hard. And I honestly thought that, but the response that we got from all the builders and all our staff were amazing. She became like my little sister and, you know, we'll you know, always be grateful that she worked for us. And even our builders now go, oh, how's Jodie going? Everyone's really asking about it. She's a good hard worker. And it was always handy having her in the van in the morning. So like my wife might say, you know, say one thing. I'm like, Jodie, what does that mean? <laughs> she doesn't mean that at all. She means this. So it was always handy having her in the truck to sort of diffuse and sort of divulge what she was actually thinking. <laughs> yeah, I've had so many conversations about girlfriends and the boys fighting with their girlfriends or, oh, you know, my girlfriend said this and what does that mean? And, yeah, so, yeah, I think I think it's a lot of the younger ones, like 18-year-olds, and, you know, they're all just like, oh, she's just, I don't know. And, yeah, so <laughs> I think they really liked having someone that they could kind of confide in at work as well. That's a really nice thing. Cassie, I just want to pull on that thread a little bit there. If you could just rewind the clock for me, and you, you said that you were interested in doing a trade of some description early on after you, you left school, but you ended up at university. Why do you think that happened to you? Was it the just not the right people around you saying, hey, you should go and give that trade thing a go or what happened? Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I think it was definitely a directional thing. People around me directing me in certain ways. Um, yeah, and sort of that sort of thing. I didn't really know any other females as well in doing trades at all so I guess that as well was kind of just yeah I just didn't know what it would be like and I just needed to do maybe some work experience or something and I mean they had VCAL and things like that in school and I really and but you know my mom said you got to finish year 12 so I was just kind of focused on VCE but yeah I think it's just having people around you 
one knowing about it, one one knowing it's you know, and then knowing it's possible um, to do. Like just yeah, you need stuff like that around, and and you know, having girls like myself to sort of get out there and tell other girls and say it's possible or show them it's possible. Um, I think you know, if I had that, I would have done it a lot earlier. So. So what's been the response? So you've been going for about five months now, Cassie. Um, when someone calls you, like a cold call, like, you know, I need a Sparky and they hear a female on the other end of the phone, how's that been going? Is it is it positive response? Is it negative or is it just neutral? I think with my business, I mean, the logo kind of gives it away that it's possibly a female owner. So, I mean, that helps. And usually my, my jobs come a lot through referrals so people have already said I'll call castle so they're already aware that I'm female but if you step into like when I used to work full-time if I called a customer to say you know I'm on the way or something or they'd be like oh can you let the electrician know um that I'll be there this time I go that's right I'm the electrician you know it's all good and I I said to add this one customer I said like five times and they just were not they just thought I was calling from the office and I was like bro I'll see you soon and then when I rocked up he's like oh Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because human nature, I suppose, with male and female, it's you know, I suppose the man is supposed to be the handyman and, you know, traditionally the woman's not. So when you come to a home and there's a big burly guy and you're telling him about how you're going to run cables and install PowerPoints, does it, do they sort of think, oh, you know, is it, do they, you know, like feel a bit funny being told what to do by, uh, like told how things are going to get done by a girl? And spit that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, she doesn't know because she's a girl, and that's the only way that, that she's ever, ever experienced that. That's the thing. That's the thing because people, like, I, you know, have, have a lot of very close guy friends that I've worked with, and now some of my best guy friends, and they're sparkies. And, you know, they would say to me, like, oh, that would never have happened if you weren't there, or, you know, things like that. And so, but I don't know because I'm always there. So it's kind of like, I don't know if they treat me different or, whatever you know what I mean like so what you're saying is if there's a guy there like in the same environment they might go oh I wouldn't get that same sort of treatment exactly they will notice it and I only notice it when they tell me yeah so I'm not going to notice it because I'm always meant yeah yeah, it sounds like question for me well no no I think it I think it sounds like people are a bit nicer when Cassie's around Honestly, when Jody went for you, us, and it? I said to yeah. I said to her, I said, "Listen, there's going to be like a swearing. There's going to be some obnoxious things said." And honestly, when she walked on site, everyone was on their best behaviour, trying to impress her. <laughs> like everyone was using like clean language, there's no swearing. Everyone was trying to, you know, like, "Hey, Jody, do you need a hand?" And I'm like, "Yeah, this is really working in my favour." So I was good to have her on board. I think there, there should be a lot more women involved in the industry. Mm particularly for that reason. And I suppose the more w- women that are involved, um, you can influence your friends to get involved as well. So let, let everyone know it is okay and it is a good industry and great hours as well. Yeah, and it changes the dynamic, I reckon, um, you know, having a female there for sure. Because guys don't, I don't think guys always want to talk like blokey stuff. Right, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You should. You'd love to be a fly on a wall on the pre-podcast things that we have going on here. Let me tell you. Hey, Castle, I want to shift gears here a little bit and find out a bit about your business. Tell us about that. Tell us what the the name of the business, what the intention is, what you're trying to do, who your customers, what type of work you want to do, that type of thing. Let, let's hear some about that. Yep. Okay. So I mainly do domestic, um, which you know I just do you know for anything from switchboard upgrades to upgrades of mains, 
just general new PowerPoints, absolutely everything, ceiling fans, name it. I'm, a mate of mine's just started out on his own as well, doing air con, so I'll do a lot of work for him as well. Uh, I do some work, you know, doing renos and stuff like that, which is definitely something I want to eventually, you know, get into, like I'm getting with a couple of, of chibis or something where I can, um, yeah, maybe do, you know, be their sparky of choice, I guess. Um, but, yeah, look, it's still pretty fresh and my goals are a little bit iffy with the business only because of, uh, one, my age and one possibly having children. But, um, yeah, so at this point in time, I'm just sort of, you know, just continuing on with things, getting a lot of work through word of mouth, doing my own thing, just, yeah, just slowly figuring it all out. But um, And just, yeah, so I've done um, probably a bit more commercial than I have domestic, but so far I'm doing pretty good so but yeah it's helpful to have my mates and stuff that I can call for advice which yeah really helps but yeah the direction of the company um yeah just moving forward I guess I'd like to just do more like sort of renovations and sort of you know before and after stuff as opposed to you know little bits and pieces here and there or rewires I've done a few rewires they're always fun but no they're um, not <laughs> <laughs> So is that something you seriously consider? You know, obviously being a male, you don't need to really worry about being pregnant. Um, as a female, is that something that's going through your mind, worrying about growing your business too big and not being able to work? Yep. I had this conversation with a mate on the phone like two days ago because, you know, he just had another little one. And and I said, oh, if I was you, I'd just be gone 100% in and just getting as much work as possible and you get so busy, then you can think about apprentices or, you know, whatever. Just, yeah, but with me, I'm like, I'm kind of pushing it but also stepping back a bit so it doesn't sort of blow out. I suppose you could get back in, get get into a business owner role quicker Um, because if you do fall pregnant and you can't climb through roofs or whatever, you can have, you could be doing a little bit more delegating. So it's probably a blessing in disguise really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think about all that sort of stuff and it would definitely, you know, have to be a late apprentice or fourth year or something or take on an A grade, someone that can sort of, you know, be able to just sort of stand on their own feet um, a bit more and I can sort of step back for sure. But, yeah, I mean, we'll just see what happens. It's not going to happen in another year and a half, so we'll just see. But Well, early days in your business, you've got to play it by ear, right? You've got to take the, yeah. take the work that comes your way and eventually it will shake out into something uh, that – you may not expect that's just kind of the nature of the beast and that's kind of life as well i think how did you make the transition Cass, from uh, being an employee and finishing your apprenticeship and stepping into your own business you mentioned a couple of times now that you've had quite a bit of word of mouth type inbound leads and stuff like that is that all you've done or have you been doing any subbing work to, for somebody else how, how has that transition happened for you so when i first started out i subbed one day for a guy um, who was joining, um, who just got into the, the fiery, so he's a firefighter now, and he gave me one client, which is sort of the Renault stuff, which is awesome. Um, but other than that, I've only saw one other day um, and then just sort of been working for myself. But when I, most of my work, yeah, it's just through word of mouth. I also went to a real estate agent um, pretty early on. I didn't really want to do so much the real estate work as such, but I was just sort of putting my name out there because they sell houses, they see people with houses a lot, things like that. 
Um, and that really worked for me because there was a uh, sales manager there who pretty much gave my business card to every person that bought a house and also were looking to sell their house. So a lot of people are trying to bring their houses up to scratch and things like that and need electrical work done. Um, so I got a fair few, like a fair bit of work through him. Um, and then other than that, I actually went and handed out like flyers. It sounds traditional, but it really works. Um, I've only really done like four streets and I got, you know, a job from every street um, and then refer referrals from that customer to other people. So yeah, and it just keeps growing that way. Um, and I will continue to do that as well, I think, just because it's a nice nice way to you know get work anyways take my dog for a walk and put some flies I totally agree with that Cassie and I think what's important rather than get pay someone to um, hand out your flies you should be doing it yourself in your work uniform because you can strike up so many conversations and it shows you know you're you're a pretty hard working person if you're out there handing out your own flies or putting them in letterboxes and before you know it you know you could bump into a few people and generate a bit of business at the same time so um, hats off to you yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that as well. I was waiting for, oh, I spent $25,000 on Google AdWords and I built my website and I did all of that. No, no. The transition from employee into business owner is generally a gentle one, isn't it? The interviews that we've done over the last year or so have always been people subbying for somebody else and then transitioning via word of mouth. And as they get on their feet, they start to build their business and gain momentum. Yeah, so anyone well. out there listening, um, don't be too concerned about subbing for someone when you first start your business. You don't have to be busy five days a week straight away. It might mean you're doing two days a week subbing or even three days and you're doing two days of your own stuff. So um, when you leave, your, anyone looking to start their own business, don't burn a bridge because you could have an opportunity with that current employer to do some subbing work while you do build your business as long as you're honest with them. Um, and, you know, it is a transition phase. It's hard to go from zero to five days a week straight away. So, um, yeah, don't don't be embarrassed to ask. And, you know, there's people out there who are looking for subbies all the time. So it might mean you might need to uh, farm yourself out a little bit. Absolutely. I get asked probably weekly if I can subby to people. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, and look, I, I, you know, I haven't really done it because I don't really need to as such, but it's it's nice. It is reassuring to know that you can, I guess, lean on someone in that way. Um, it's not like you're just starting a business, opening a cafe and that's it. Like if you don't, you know, it doesn't work, doesn't work, you can't really lean on the cafe next door and go, can I have some of your money or can I do some work for you? It doesn't really work. So, yeah, I think if you want to start a trade uh, business, it's pretty good with, like being able to subby to people and in all trades really yeah again so reassuring to hear it's been the common theme that we've had with people that have been on the show that have transitioned from apprentice to business they've always had that subbying thing there and i think the key point is relationships they've maintained their relationships and they haven't you know they haven't burned the bridge on the way out the door so to speak even if they've been unhappy in their apprenticeship or their previous employment they've always managed to maintain the relationships and that's come home to to help them as well so it sounds like it's helping you there as well even though you're not doing it if you needed to it's there so that's good to know let's shift gears here a little bit and find out some inner workings of the business because it's all about admin and the small business owner me included tries to do absolutely everything humanly possible himself uh, or herself in your case are you using any back-end systems are you using service mate are you using fergus are you using something like that for your for your jobs 
Well, for organization, I've been using Google Calendar, but I'm going to change that up because it's not really working for me. So uh, ServiceMate, I don't think you can get it on Samsung. No, you can't. Apple only. Only Apple, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, so I would use that if I didn't have a Samsung. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, so look, Google Calendar, but I'm, I want to find something else for sure. Um, and then I just use Xero for my accounting software. But uh, other than that, yeah. We did a great interview with the uh, the founder of Fergus and uh, that's something you should have a look at as well because that is something that you can start off small and grow into as well and it, he was really good, that dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, we use ServiceMate personally and I'd, we're up to like 1,855 jobs in ServiceMate now and honestly, I could not live without it. It is so, so good and I'm not saying that other ones aren't equally as good. I only know ServiceMate and it's been amazing um, for us and our business and when you pull the iPad out when you're quoting and you've got uh, um, previous jobs that you can show your clients, obviously everyone's very impressed, particularly in the residential scene. So I strongly recommend um, if you're not already subscribed to ServiceMate or Fergus or one of those brands, please do so because you know, it's invaluable in your business. Yeah, absolutely. Help you get momentum and maintain momentum. Hey, uh Cass, what's been the most challenging part of setting up your own business? I mean, COVID has probably been the most challenging part. Maybe maybe the answer I can answer it for you is the Victorian government is the most challenging part of setting up a business at this time in history. But is there something in all seriousness that stands out to you that's been really difficult? Not so much in the startup of, well, I mean, you've got to do a lot of, you've got to spend a lot of time, unpaid time. That's, you know, the thing that you just do. do doing what specifically? What What are you giving your pound of flesh for? Like doing in what? Yeah, unpaid, yeah. Oh, just like if you're sitting there, even just but when you first uh, set up, like little things like uh, setting up a business account with the bank, like something that I just didn't even think of, um, you know, and then getting a good accountant as well. Like you want to have an accountant um, and then looking into all the social media pages and then obviously the website, which I haven't done yet but yeah just sort of all the, the back-end stuff that you need there for to start with you have to have that grounding before you can just just rock out and just start doing jobs it's yeah you need to have the system in place so just kind of that just all the pricing um doing all my prices through zero all my material um things like that so yeah did you have anyone helping you no i just kind of winged it yeah, obviously, the, my neighbor's an accountant. Not that I've gone to her a lot, but, yeah, so she's given me some guidance on just, you know, just using the software and something goes wrong. I'm like, what the hell? It's like an easy change. Otherwise, I'll spend two hours trying to figure it out. So just stuff like that's been super helpful. Um, but other than that, like, I, I really do need someone to look at my marketing and, and the back end stuff because, yeah, I do sit there and even Google ads or Google, you know, having a page or whatever. Um yeah, I can spend hours just trying to link things up and it just is not working for me. So I'm clearly like technically not savvy, but. <laughs> so do you have a network of females in your area that are raw trades or a lot of your friends and family and that are doing white collar style businesses and um, employment? So I don't really know any other females that run their own businesses um, at all. Um, yeah. Well, maybe we can connect you with some people yeah, that can, yeah, that's the whole, the whole point of the Electrician's Co-op, right, is come together and share that resource and 
help you out as well. The reason I asked if you had anybody helping you, because I was just curious about your pricing and stuff. How did you, how'd you come up with the pricing? You know, winging it like that is okay. I remember there's a couple of interviews we'd done a few times, Jamie, where people were winging it with the prices and it really bit them hard on the ass and nearly sent them out of business a couple of times, right? Uh, yeah, like when I say, you know, don't, don't wing the prices. So I put all my price, I wing me out some other stuff, but I have all my prices set and I have my margins already put in place and all that sort of stuff. And um, we won't go into how. Are you charging, and, are you charging enough? The business coach will come in and go, you're not charging enough. No, I'm not going to go into what my margins are, but. I'll, wing, I'll honestly say I'll wing it. I've been winging it for 10 years. Everybody wings it in business. You're like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had 30. I went to get my glasses the other day from the optometrist. Glasses? Yeah, I need goggles, man. I'm getting old, right? I got my goggles and like he comes out and fits them to my face and gives them to me. And I said, well, how much is that? And he goes, I don't know, man. Just give me 200 bucks. Wow. And I was like, really? All right, whatever, man. Here's 200 bucks. <laughs> wow. But he probably could have said, oh, 450 bucks. I don't know, with the frames and yeah. stuff like that and all those things. But he was literally, literally winging it on the spot with me. Mm. You're not doing that, are you? Yeah. But when you do say that about um, winging it with prices and whatnot, it can bite you in the bum because if you do have like a crazy margin for one customer, then that customer refers you to another, then that customer has an account with middies or something and they know the prices and you kind of like, and then they talk to each other. So yeah, there are so many things you need to, you know, understand with that sort of stuff. That's a good point you make there, Cassie, because a friend of mine who actually listens to the podcast, he, um, I think he did a switchboard upgrade a couple of years ago. I don't know the exact particulars of the job, but he did a switchboard upgrade, quote was Quote was accepted, did the job. A couple of years later, I think he was having like a party at his house and a sparky came over and questioned, oh, what have you had done there? You know, like a switchboard, whatever it was. And the sparky told the client, oh, I would have charged X for this. Anyway, the, the amount that he paid was significantly more. Two years later, rings up the electrician and says, I want a um, discount. But it's two <laughs> years, man. The thing's been in there for two years. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I get what you're saying. Like, be careful. You've you got to be careful what you charge. And although you might get away with a pretty heavy price one time, it can come back and bite you later. So just be careful and keep your margins pretty consistent. And even ask people what they're charging with similar-sized businesses because um, we had a job the other day and it was on my Instagram. It was the most horrendous switchboard I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. Did you see it, Cassie? That's a big call. No, uh, it was so bad. Like the switchboard was, it was a 600 meter box, and from side to side, it was out 50 mil out of level. It was just <laughs> so many things wrong with it. Anyway, the client, I said to the client, he was Russian, and I've got a Russian background, so he got on well straight away. He goes, oh, I said, hey, what did you pay? And he goes, I paid him 6,000 cash. I'm like, what? And it was all just it was a, a dog's breakfast. Band. Oh, yeah, my God. It was a one-man band. So yeah. I said, we do that for a hell of a lot cheaper and there's, there's eight of us. So it just goes to show what he's made out of it. So mm. I rang the Sparky, you know, out of courtesy of the client and just said, mate, do you reckon you could just touch base with the client and just, you know, come out and fix this? And it was unfixable. It had to be redone. And he goes, mate, I don't see the problem. What's wrong with it? He was just happy with his shoddy work. And funnily enough, the next day, the client had Osgrid come out and he got a defect for it and he's getting in serious, serious trouble for dodgy work. Yeah, you can't do that, right? So, yeah, just do the right thing. 
Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, Cass, we can certainly help you uh, with growing your network of electricians. There's a lot of us here in the Electricians Co-op. So if you're ever stuck with something like that, make sure you just reach out on the uh, Electricians Co-op Instagram or on Jamie's Instagram, and there'll be someone there that can answer that question because Jamie's only got Sparkies and business-related people on his Insta at Pro Image Electrical. That's the one. That's the handle, baby. That's the one, baby. Good stuff. Well, <laughs> let's uh let's close out one of them for a while <laughs> yeah we haven't done one of them for a while yeah let's close out this segment cast by uh, asking you the final question here and it, and it's this if i know it's early days for you but if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking about making the transition from their apprenticeship straight into their own business what advice would you have for them oh i'll just say just go for it you know don't don't sort of stick with your employer and be too afraid to sort of get started because yeah like we said before about the subby stuff like you can always secure a job with someone maybe three days a week and and then you know work your two days and your weekends if you have to get busy but yeah no, go for it for sure i love it nice and simple just get out there and go all in <laughs> all right let's take a little break there rob russ here if this is your first time here at the electricians co-op welcome it's great to have you here and if you're back for more welcome back and thank you for your loyalty now if you like what you're hearing on today's show make sure you share this podcast with your mates who are electricians jamie myself and cassie we want to reach as many people as we can with the electricians co-op and we want to help more people to break through to the next level in their career in their business and their life Right, Cassie, let's kick off the final segment of the show. And Rob likes to call this the rapid fire segment. <laughs> no thinking aloud, just a, a bunch of quick questions to have a little bit of fun to close out the, uh, the podcast here. Today, I'm going to go first. What should Sparkies do more of? Help other Sparkies. That I, like, I find some Sparkies want to maybe stitch other Sparkies up yep. because they just, you know, want to be the better one or whatnot. So, yeah, just, just less of that. I completely agree with you in that one. What should Sparkies do less of? Shit work. Oh. <laughs> Are you? Was that? Oh yeah, that's Cassie that wrote on that on the Google Doc. There it is. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's the what's the worst thing you've ever heard somebody say on a job site? Oh. Yeah, do you have a license for those legs? Oh, here we go. I've, I hear that all the time. <laughs> what those chicken legs of yours, bro? You got to start doing some squats, man. Come Don't on, skip bro. leg day. Come Give on, it's a break, bro. Come on, bro. What's the uh, last kind deed you've done for someone? Uh, gave a homeless guy 10 bucks. No, oh, that's very kind of you. Yeah, did you feel better? Well, I did, and I was hoping he wouldn't, you know, go spend it on grog, but he probably Go buy some meth. Straight in the bottle shop. It's all right, you just support it. It's good. That's a kind deed. That's nice. That's nice. Hey, what's your favorite thing about being an electrician? Probably just, you know, not working. Well, you kind of are working between four walls all the time, but just, you know, the variety of work and and not sort of being stuck at a desk, uh, getting out, meeting different people every day. Yeah, just different variety in the work mainly, but yeah. It's pretty stimulating, eh? Nice. What's the yeah, least favourite thing about being a Sparky? Probably loose insulation, like the loose fluffy stuff. Yeah. 
I'm here now. You, you wouldn't understand that, Rob, would you? Off, an office worker like me, you know, like, look at my hands, man. They're keyboard hands. Right? That's just how they are. Push it away. Push it away. It just follows you. It just chases yeah. Chasing after you all the time. Funny stuff. Hey, have you discovered your superpower in business yet? What is it? Mm, probably communication. Is that, is that a superpower? Yeah, yeah a, that definitely is a superpower. superpower. <laughs> yeah. And if you could have a superhero superpower, what would it be? Oh, um, like go go gadget hands. For sure. <laughs> what do they do? But, Grab you know, things from like, your distance. No, like yeah, they can go down walls and like extend. <laughs> they have like well, the most popular them, answer yeah. is invisibility, isn't it? Yeah, is that the most popular? People I've just want to get the hell out. Gadget hands and floor, but that's uh. <laughs> We're going to have to make a meme with Cassie and go-go gadget hands or something like that, yeah. reaching into a wall, fixing a GPA. make money if you're invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what you can do is you can say, I'm oh, just going to go outside while you talk about um, how much you got to spend and you disappear uh-huh. and walk back inside. <laughs> <laughs> and just up to quote, yeah, up to quote by 20%. Hey, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? Oh, I have a lot of like personal ones, but I don't really know about that one. What What would you give an example? Of that? Oh, come on! I, don't I actually know. haven't been asked that one myself. What's the craziest thing you've ever done, Jamie? Uh, you go first. <laughs> Jumping out of a plane at night time at twelve thousand feet when it's like minus yeah. fifty six degrees, some shit like that. Some crazy army thing. I'm not crazy. That's Unless not really crazy. Drink, that's why they drink. Yeah. yeah. Come um, on, Cass. Have you got a motorbike one or something? I saw you're on your yeah, facey yeah. tearing around on motorbikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just lots of motorbike ones. So um, the most recent one, which was absolutely horrifically stupid. Um, yeah, just a few drinks riding the neighbor's dirt bike down the road. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've had other ones, like funny sort of work-related one was when I was um, doing a cashew with a mate on the weekend and I had my brother's Navara because I had to go pick up a, a trailer after work and I rocked up and he did message me and said, be careful coming around the back to drive through the, the dirt or whatever. It's really slippery. So I was like, yeah, no worries. And, yeah, just came around the corner in a bar and just handbraked it and just slid. And I was just full, like, sideways the whole way and I just did not stop when I ran into the back of the work van. Oh, no, you collected it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what your mates are doing in your cars? It actually reminds me of a story about my former female apprentice, Jodie. Anyway, Jodie go, we'll had a job at Kiriwee and Jodie had to duck up the wholesaler in the van to get a couple of things and comes back and... She, she's got the box and anyway, I had to go over to the van and get something else and I've gone to open the side of the van and there is a gouge mark from under the passenger side window the whole way down to the same side tower. And I said, I've looked over the car, I'm like, what the fuck just done here? Like surely you noticed this happen. He goes, oh, she, I just thought it was a ladder that fell over in the back of the car. So anyway, I went back to where it happened and she just cut a corner too sharp and just gouged out the side of a ute. And so anyway, that was another thousand dollar excess. She had no problem with it though. Anyway, um, finally, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received in business? Probably know yourself worth. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, um, yeah, and just don't assume that uh, you know by looking at people or talking to people or the state of their house or whatever. Don't assume that they don't have money and therefore you need to lower your pricing or something like that to suit. Yeah. You know, because you I mean, 
being a good ethical person or whatever like you know you don't you kind of just 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 trust yourself and you charge for what you've done and what you know you're worth um that's probably probably the main one it is what it is yes yeah your margins your margin and things take as long as they take um and that's just that so I, i can sum that up it's happened to me several times in my it career just don't buy into other people's bs which is the opposite of what you're saying, Cash. You're saying know your self-worth. I can remember a time where a fella uh, squeezed me on price hard, like really, really hard, and and I, I kind of bought into his BS that he couldn't afford it. That's all he could do. And then in the end, I underquoted under the job by probably about 40%, and we ran out of money on the job. Then I told him, and then he came around. He said, don't worry, Rob, calm down. It's going to be all right. I'll come around and I'll take you out for lunch. Came around in his $400,000 car and his $2,000 suit took me out for a $400 lunch. And I'm like, you know what? I'm never buying into your BS again. And I'm going to remember what my self-worth is. You know, the job should have been quoted at 30 grand, not at 10 grand. And I just bought into his BS and him saying that that's what it was. And he was dressed in in the office in a, in a T-shirt and a pair of jeans. But, you know, he rocked up after coming from a meeting where he was negotiating a deal for $10 million or some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. And I bought into it. So that is absolutely good business advice. Thank you so much, Cass. All right, let's uh, take a break and close this one out. Cassie, thank you so much for coming on to the Electricians Co-op podcast. We really appreciate that. We covered a lot of ground on this show, as we always do, and I always like to give the guest the final opportunity. Is there anything that you wanted to add to the show that you might have might have forgot or you left out, or did we cover it all for you today? Yeah, like I think you covered most of it, but I mean, I could probably end with one of Jamie's, you know, on little liners or something. Oh yeah, you got you got one for us, have you? Yeah, I didn't write it down, so hopefully I say it right. But I thought it the other day, and I was like. Change is inevitable. Jamie, writing this down. <laughs> Change is inevitable if you want to grow. Yeah, absolutely. That I would echo that completely. Change is inevitable if you want to grow. And don't be afraid to change. Absolutely. Cassie, if people wanted to connect with you, what would be the best way to do that? Uh, probably just Instagram, Facebook, um, at Starlit Electrics too easy and ladies and gentlemen as always just take a little peek at the show notes and the links to connect with cassie will be right there so please reach out to her on instagram say g'day connect with her on facebook as well and if you've got any support she would love to hear your feedback over there as well jamie if people want to reach out to you mate at pro electrical on instagram only that's my only social media Bro, you got to get like you got to get more of a life and look at start spending time on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or something. Come on, man! I don't do it, mate. Don't do it. Don't go Where there. Same, same. Insta. Yeah, at, at the Electricians Co-op or at my personal Instagram, rob.brus77 would be great. And don't forget to come on over to the website and check it out at electricianscoop.com and make sure you join the community over there as well. There's lots of people doing electrician stuff and we're really excited, as I said at the top of the show, to be uh, releasing all of the paid podcasts into the free version of the show, which will be coming up in the next week or so. If you're a paid listener, if you're paying for the podcast at the moment, you can expect an email from myself and Jamie in the next week or so so keep your eye out for that and we'll show you exactly what's going to happen and how that's all going to scale out cassie thanks again for coming on the show jamie's going to close it out with his quote for the day what have you got for us thank you but because you've had a bad day 
Forgive yourself and do better tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I love it. All right, guys, let's get out of here. See you next time. Thanks, Bye for Cassie. now. See you, Rob. See ya. I did.